You're listening to Simply the Best Sports Take, the best podcast breaking down the best stuff in sports with host Sean Bingham. His takes are so good, he dropped the mic, but then you wouldn't be able to hear him, and that would suck. Welcome into STB Sports Take, Simply the Best Sports Podcast. I am your host, Sean Bingham. And today is a special, special day. Why? Well, there's a couple of reasons. One, Kobe Bryant went vintage Mamba and dropped 60 in his farewell game against the Utah Jazz last night. 60. Not 16. Not 16. One six. But 60. 6-0. Kobe Bryant (laughs) somehow, someway... Scored 60 points last night. That was absolutely incredible. We're going to talk a ton about that. But also, the Golden State Warriors dethroned the 95-96 Bulls for best regular season record in NBA history by beating the Grizzlies last night to get to 73-9. 73-9. This was one of the most exciting final you know days of the regular season that I can remember for the NBA. We had playoff seeding implications everywhere. We had people fighting to get into the playoffs, like the Rockets and the Jazz. Um, And then, of course, we had Kobe Bryant, and Kobe went for 60. Um, Today's also unique because I'm not in my normal spot at a nice desk with a nice microphone and nice computers in front of me. I'm actually in a rental car on the road in Denver right now, recording this from my phone and my headset um, because I just couldn't pass up posting a podcast uh, about such an epic night, but didn't have my stuff with me. So this is what I've got. But I've been testing it. I feel like it sounds good enough. We're going to give it a go. But if uh, just as a little disclaimer, if the audio is not quite up to par, that's why. But let's talk about Kobe Bryant. Last night was absolutely incredible. I, uh, I had to get up at uh, 3.30 to catch this flight. I had a 5.40 flight to Denver, and then I'm going from here to Tampa. Long story. But uh, regardless, I couldn't get myself to turn the TV off and go to bed. There was no way. There was no way I was going to miss that Warriors game going for 73, and there was really especially no way I was going to miss Kobe Bryant in his final game of his 20-year career with the Los Angeles Lakers. 20 years with one team. I mean, that in and of itself is absolutely incredible. So Mamba goes for 60, took him 50 shots to get there, which by the way is only the fourth, he's only the fourth player in NBA history to take 50 shots in a game. So he had to jack up a lot of shots to get that 60, but the Lakers won and he shot 22 of 50. 22 of 50, that's 44%. That's pretty darn good. Inside three-point range, so from three-point range, he was six of 21. That's bad. But that left him at, uh, you know, what would that be? 16 of 29 from inside the three. That's a good percentage. So Kobe Bryant went vintage last night. He wasn't dunking and stuff like that. Um, you know, in fact, he, he, he could, but he could get to the hole. He just can't get above it to dunk it anymore. <laughs> and, but, but he was hitting his shots, you know, at the end of the game, his clutch shots. And he had the game, really the game winner. He had the go-ahead bucket, a really sweet clutch jumper followed by the game-sealing, game-clinching free throws, and then just the nail in the coffin, he has that full-court pass for a dunk uh, with the assist that uh, really sealed the deal for the Lakers and got them the win over the Jazz. But, But Mamba went for 60. That is a record in the NBA this year. It is a record for oldest player to ever score 60 points, obviously. 
I mean, that's something, that's a night that will never be forgotten. Kobe Bryant going for 60 in his last game as an NBA player, every game of which was with the Los Angeles Lakers, 20-year career. And that was that storyline, the 17-win Lakers beating the not-going-to-the-playoffs Utah Jazz, who finished 40-42 and 42 on the year and had been eliminated from the playoffs just minutes before tip-off uh, by, you know, by the fact that uh, the Rockets beat the Kings to clinch that eight seed in the playoffs. So the game was kind of meaningless. In fact, you got to wonder if the outcome had been different if the Jazz were still fighting for a playoff spot. I personally think it would have been. But regardless, Mamba went Mamba, and he dropped 60 and gave us all something to cheer about. And that overshadowed the Warriors getting win number 73. It was a bigger deal. It was more fun to watch. It was more entertaining. It got more, you know, attention on the news and on Twitter. Mamba going for 60 overshadowed an NBA record 73-win season by the San, or by the uh, Golden State Warriors. The San Antonio Spurs, we're going to get into them. They finished 67-15. and 15. That's a record for the San Antonio Spurs. And they haven't been talked about all season because of these Warriors. So the Lakers, though, are the laughing stock of the NBA right now. And you got to wonder... What is Kobe Bryant's you know legacy? What legacy does he leave? This is a guy that, I got to be honest, he kind of just, I wasn't his biggest fan most of his career. He kind of bothered me. I didn't like the arrogance. I hated the fact that he started the All-Star game one year when he wasn't even a starter for his own team. I mean, that shouldn't even be allowed. That should not be allowed. But he was popular. He was the young kid, came out of high school and, you know, won the dunk contest. And, and you know, people just loved him. And, uh, you know, so he, he started the all-star game one year and he he was the sixth man on the Lakers. So I didn't like, I didn't like some of these things that came with him. I didn't like that he was trying to be Michael Jordan. It didn't feel like he was being authentic, but then you can't fault a guy for trying to emulate the greatest player of all time. Um, you know, it put Kobe and we'll get into this, you know, to me, he's top 10, but Kobe Bryant, you know, these last three years just hasn't been himself. He, he dealt with injuries. The Lakers have have sucked to say the least. Um, in fact, the Lakers, the last three years combined have won fewer games than the Warriors did this year alone. I mean, talk about a role reversal in the state of California when the Warriors are winning 73 games and the Lakers are winning 17. That's incredible. And Kobe kind of did this to himself, you know? I mean, he kind of did it to himself. This is a guy that he could have, you know, he could have gone... And he could have taken a Tim Duncan approach and said, hey, you know what? I'm going to take less money. I'm going to take a lesser role. And I want to win. You know, I want to win some games. I want to go out with a championship. I want to be in the playoffs. But he didn't want to do that. He did not want to do that. He wanted to take 30 shots a night. He wanted to try and score 25 points a night. He wanted to be the star. He wanted to get his $30 million. Can't fault him for wanting the money. He earned it. I mean, the Lakers this year won, like I've said, seven. they won 17 games, but... I can guarantee you they got that $30 million worth with this farewell tour they've been on. So Kobe Bryant, I mean, I don't even know, I don't even know what tickets went for last night, but it felt like from the looks of things that it was like celebrities only in the building. I mean, Jay-Z was there. I mean, Jay-Z's a, a, you know, Brooklyn guy and he's out there in LA, you know, um, sitting courtside. So it just seemed like everywhere you turned, it was just another celebrity. I mean, you saw how many players were there. They had the really cool video to, to 
you know, start the game or pregame. Magic Johnson comes out, introduces Kobe. They play this awesome highlight video and cool interviews from guys around the league and past players and current players and former teammates and everybody congratulating him and thanking him and things like that. It was really, really a special night. But you couldn't help but think, as the Lakers were losing, and you're thinking, they're not going to the playoffs. It's the worst record in franchise history. This is a very storied, very proud franchise. Truly, as much as I hate to admit it, they're the greatest franchise in the NBA, historically. They're better than the Celtics, in my opinion, because they've done so much more lately. You know, their five championships in the last, I guess, uh, 15, 16 years, they've won five championships, and the Celtics have won, you know. Um, so they've just done, they're, overall, they're the winningest team in NBA history, and they're second most in total titles only to the Celtics, second only to the Celtics, uh, but they're only behind by one, if I'm not mistaken, and they've just done so much more lately that you just, and there's so many all-time greats that are on the Lakers, you know, the the Magic Johnsons and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's and Jerry Wests and even Shaq and Kobe and Wilt Chamberlain, like there's just so many great Lakers, and you know, that's something that I want to talk about as well, like Kobe Bryant, where does he stand on that list? Last night, I mean, we're kind of prisoners of the moment, right? Everybody wants to crown him the greatest Laker ever. Is he, though? Is he the greatest Laker ever? I don't think so. Magic Johnson sure thinks so. Magic Johnson stands up there and tells everybody, greatest Laker ever, Kobe Bryant. And that's very humble of Magic, because honestly, I think Magic's probably the greatest Laker ever. Maybe he's number two to Kareem. Those are the top two to me, though. I'd put Kobe third. I wouldn't put Kobe's career ahead of Shaq's, but Shaq didn't play only for the Lakers. Shaq had some fantastic years with the Orlando Magic and then some pretty good years with the Miami Heat. His best years were with the Lakers, but he had really good, you know, really good years in a championship with the Heat. And then he had uh, some, you know, some fantastic personal accolade years with the Orlando Magic. They went to the finals and didn't win, but but Shaq to me had a better career than Kobe, just not a better Laker career than Kobe because Kobe was there for 20 years. So to me, Kobe's a top three or four or five Laker for sure, but not the greatest ever. You got to give that to Magic and Kareem. And I would probably put Kobe third ahead of Jerry West, ahead of Shaquille O'Neal, ahead of Wilt Chamberlain. Um, That's where I would put Kobe Bryant on the all-time Laker list. On the all-time player list, I'd give him like 10th. He's phenomenal. He's the second best shooting guard of all time behind Michael Jordan. Um, but you got to put, you know, career-wise, I put Shaq ahead of him. I put Duncan ahead of him. I put Magic and Kareem ahead of him. Um, you know, there's a handful of guys. I'd put LeBron and Larry Bird ahead of him. So I would put I would put Kobe Bryant around that 10 spot for all-time greats. But last night was special. You know, last night was special. It's 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 different than what Tim Duncan's doing on his, you know, his career is kind of slowly ending. Whereas Kobe Bryant seems to have abruptly ended. He hit the injuries and then, and you know, tried to come back and just couldn't. And then, boom, it's over. And so he has the farewell season where he just tries to stay healthy, where he can walk off the court instead of being helped off the court due to an injury. And he did it. So kudos to him. But it's definitely a different legacy. The guy only got one MVP. Um, probably was deserving of maybe one more. I don't know which season I would I would say he was deserve, more deserving, but... When a guy like Steve Nash has two and a guy like Kobe Bryant has one, I feel like something's wrong with the system. So to me, that's kind of, you know, kind of a, maybe a knock on his resume. Is he, only ha- he only has one MVP. He's got the five, 
five rings, but three of those rings, Shaq got the MVP of the finals. Kobe got the other two, but guys like Jordan went six for six finals MVPs. Uh, LeBron, you know, he's got two titles and he's got two finals MVPs. Um, so Kobe just wasn't the, I mean, he was a, he was a one-two punch with Shaq, probably like Dwayne Wade and LeBron were uh, with their first title there in Miami, where it's like LeBron's 1A and Dwayne Wade's 1B. Shaq was like 1A and Kobe was 1B by the time they reached their third title. Their first two, it was a little bit, you know, wider of a gap. Shaq being Batman and Kobe being Robin. But by the time they had that third of their of their three-peat with Shaq and Kobe, the 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 gap had narrowed significantly between the two to the point where LA wanted to keep Kobe around and Shaq had kind of his time there had run its course and they they had that chance at a fourth straight and they lost to the Pistons and the team fell apart after that but Shaq went and got one with uh with the Heat but he was very much playing second fiddle to Dwayne Wade that year so anyway um that's where I that's where I'd put Kobe on the all-time Laker list is third and I'd put him around the 10th uh you know somewhere between 10 and 12 on the all-time list uh, of greatest players so great career really special night and of course the Warriors go for 73 and nobody really talked about it because there was so much focus on the 17-win Lakers <laughs> with Kobe Bryant scoring 60. 60 points. I just can't even get over that. 60 points. Again, you know, took him 50 shots. Only the fourth player to ever shoot 50 times in a game. But when you win and you come from behind and win and you shoot 44% from the field, I feel like that's, you know, okay. Because in the end, they, you know, the shooting percentage was was good enough and they got the win. So what else can you ask for, you know? So... Really a cool night for Kobe, but uh, the the team that everybody really should be talking about, which they have been, of course, all season long, is the Warriors. 73 wins. I was kind of bitter. I was hoping the Spurs could beat them in one of those last two games that they had against them. Uh, they had two against the Grizzlies and two against the Spurs for their last four games. And I kind of assumed that they'd beat the Grizzlies both times. Ironically, the best chance they had to be beaten was that first game against the Grizzlies. Uh, in Memphis a few nights ago, but they won by one point, and then the next three games were were pretty easy. So, or the next two rather against the Spurs and then the Grizzlies again. So, anyway, the the Warriors surpassed Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan's ninety six Bulls, who finished seventy two and ten to get to seventy three and nine, seventy three and nine. Pretty impressive. Steph Curry, I'm certain he'll be MVP again this year. If he's not, people whoever doesn't vote for him needs to have their voting rights revoked because he is far and away the MVP of the league this year. There's there's not even a close second. So Russell Westbrook can get a bunch of second place votes, but he should not get a single first place vote. James Harden shouldn't even be on the ballot. I don't care how many points he scores. I don't care. The guy does not play defense. He's a ball hog. He underachieves. He doesn't make players around him better. I do not want to see James Harden even getting votes. Uh, give, give some votes to LeBron, number one seed in the East. Still probably the all-around best player in the league, but the way Steph Curry shoots the ball and the way his team wins, especially when he's playing well, you just can't take it away from him. Steph Curry is is such a good player, and his team is so good. But now the pressure's on. they got to go get that championship because guess what? The Patriots in 2007, I believe, Went 16-0, never had been done before. The Dolphins back in the, whatever it was, 70s, 
went 14 and 0 and then won the Super Bowl. So total they were whatever that was, 17 and 0 on the year. The games the season was only 14 games long back then and then they had the playoffs and so they finished 17 and 0, perfect regular season, won the Super Bowl. Greatest team ever, right? Well, then that Patriots team, they go, they get 16 and 0. They get everybody on the Dolphins to finally shut up and then they lose the Super Bowl to the 10 and 6 or might have even been 9 and 7. I think they were 10 and 6 regular season New York Giants with Eli Manning. You know, the circus circus plays at the end where it was just like they're throwing up prayers, catching balls on their helmets and and the Patriots lose that game and guess what? Nobody cares that they went 16 and 0 anymore. Nobody cares. Why would you? They didn't win the championship that year, so it wasn't it doesn't matter anymore. I mean, yeah, it's something they can say they did. They're the only team to go 16 and 0 in the regular season. Whoop de do. I'm sure they would have rather gone 10 and 6 like the Giants did that year and won the Super Bowl than go 16 and 0 and lose the Super Bowl. So now the Warriors absolutely have to win the title. They have to win the championship or it literally will negate everything they did this year. They made it clear they were going for 73. They had the one seed in the West locked up, you know, several nights ago. It was a foregone conclusion long before that. It was official a few nights ago. But they kept playing their starters. And they're young enough, I don't think that fatigue will be much of a factor in the playoffs. But if it is, people are going to point to the fact that they were so concerned about getting 73 that it cost them a title. So we'll see. The pressure is definitely on because the San Antonio Spurs just finished 67-15, and 15, the best record in franchise history, the gold star of the NBA for the last two decades. 50-plus wins every year that Tim Duncan's been there, except for one in the strike-shortened season. The Spurs are legit. The Spurs are very, very talented. The team now runs through Kawhi Leonard and LaMarcus Aldridge. So the Duncan, Ginobili, Parker era really is over. All three of those guys are still there, and they're still all three important pieces. But it is not their team anymore. This is Greg Popovich now with Kawhi Leonard, LaMarcus Aldridge, and a bunch of role players around them, including who used to be their three studs. They are now role players. So the Spurs are very good, and their, their, their two stars are young, and their three leaders get enough rest throughout the season and play few enough minutes that I don't think fatigue will be a factor for the Spurs either. So my guess is the Western Conference Finals comes down to those two. But, I mean, the road to get there is not easy. The Rockets will probably get swept by the Warriors. Maybe they steal one. Uh, but the Warriors should, should roll in that series four, maybe five games. Then they will likely play, it's going to be the Blazers or the Clippers, but it'll likely be the Clippers. And the Clippers used to be their arch rival. Those Clippers-Warriors games in series used to be really, really intense. The Warriors are so far have so far surpassed them that I don't really think that's the case anymore. And I think they probably win that series easily, maybe also a five-game series. And that would get them to the Western Conference Finals against most likely the Spurs, potentially the you know Oklahoma City Thunder, who are young and talented and won 50-plus games this year as well. So the Western Conference at that top, those top three seeds are very, very good. Outside of those three, I don't think from the Clippers down, Clippers, Blazers, uh, Grizzlies, Rockets, and I think that's all of them. Maybe I'm missing one. But nobody, nobody else really has a shot, uh, in my opinion, outside of... Warriors, Spurs, and then OKC kind of has a shot, but not much of one. So that's the Western Conference playoffs. And I'm telling you, if the Warriors don't win it, 
73 all of a sudden just doesn't matter. Jordan and the Bulls, they steamrolled into the finals, and they were actually up 3-zip three, three against the Sonics in that 96 finals before they dropped two games in Seattle. And then that was back when it was 2-3-2 in the finals. And then they came back in game six and uh, won it at home. So the the Bulls finished the season 72-10, and 10, won the NBA championship, uh, six-game series in the finals. And the Warriors need to match that at least if they want to be considered the greatest team of all time. And they've got a franchise record San Antonio Spurs team in their way. And then once they get to the finals, let's look at the Eastern Conference. The Eastern Conference wrapped up last night. It was kind of interesting. The Heat blew the biggest lead in the last like 25 years, I think it was. They were up by 26 points, or maybe it was the last 20 seasons. The biggest They blew the biggest lead in the last 20 seasons. They were up 26 on the Celtics in Boston on the second night of a back-to-back, looking like they were just going to roll. And they end up losing by 10. They were outscored by 36 points in the last, like, I think maybe 20 minutes of game time. It was crazy. But then the Hawks go and lose and, you know, end up handing the three seed to the Heat anyway. So the Heat will play uh, most likely in the second round the Raptors, who are the two seed. And then the Heat, or excuse me, not the Heat, but the Cavs are, of course, the one seed. So my guess is that the Heat could upset the Raptors in that second round which could make for an interesting Eastern Conference Finals between LeBron and Dwayne Wade, the Heat and the Cavs. That could be really, really interesting. And I'm going to predict that. I'm going to go on record saying I think that's what happens. I think the Heat reached the Eastern Conference Finals against the Cleveland Cavaliers, and I think the Cavs beat them in five, maybe six. So most likely we're looking at a Finals rematch, and guess what? LeBron's going to most likely have a healthy, healthy Kyrie Irving and a healthy Kevin Love. And last year, he almost single-handedly won the finals without those guys. Game, you know, the series went six games, and the Cavs were even up two to one at one point. So LeBron's going to get his guys. Uh, I don't think he really wants them as his guys anymore. But that's just kind of how things are going in Cleveland right now. I think they'd do anything to take back that Andrew Wiggins, Kevin Love trade, don't you think? I mean, holy cow! That trade to me has just been a, proven to be a total mistake. Kevin Love has not really fit in. It just hasn't panned out. And Andrew Wiggins has proven to be the stud that we all assumed he would be coming out of college when he was dominating at Kansas. So I think the Cavs would probably give that back if they could, but they can't. So let's see what happens in this year's finals. I'm predicting a rematch. Uh, I'd actually be surprised if we don't have a rematch. It's not like the college game where you you can have a bad night and you go home. You can have a bad night and bounce back, and I mean, you got to win four. So the better team almost always, always comes out on top in these seven game series. It's very, the only thing that could make that, you know, there, there is the rare case, you know, like there was the year the Warriors beat the Mavericks, the 1 8 in the Western Conference final, or in the Western Conference playoffs. Um, you know, there was the year the Nuggets beat the Sonics in the opening round, the 1 versus 8 seed. That was a five-game series, though. So, I mean, it does happen, but it's very rare, um, unless there's, like, an injury or something like that to a key player. So it doesn't always go chalk, obviously, but it's it's pretty safe to say that you're going to see 
one of the top two seeds reach the conference finals in each conference, if not both. I mean, for sure, one of the top two seeds will be there in the conference finals. And so this year, I'd, I'd be surprised if we don't see that happen uh, in the West with the one and the two both making it. In the East, like I said, I think it'll probably be the three seed that reaches instead of the two. But uh, in the end, I see the Cavs and the Warriors rematching, and I'm guessing that the Warriors win. But we're going to have plenty of time to talk about that. Where does this 72 and t- or 73 and 9 team stack up against the 72 and 10 team? I don't think they're as good, but we're going to just see how the playoffs you know, play out. Because again, if they if they turn into the Patriots who went 16 and 0 and then lost the Super Bowl, it's not even a debate. You can't even can't even argue it. Is Steph Curry the MVP? Absolutely. Are the Warriors the best team in the league this year? Absolutely. But that's as of this moment. They've got uh, 16 more wins to prove it. So we'll see if they can get those 16 more. But what a night in the NBA! What a night in the NBA! So much fun. And Kobe Bryant, you know has his farewell tour and it was just a really fun night and I just couldn't be more excited for these playoffs so I want to hear from you guys though hit me up on twitter at sean bingham s-e-a-n-b-i-n-g-h-a-m at sean bingham and let me know what you guys think I uh I want to hear from you guys and please do me a favor subscribe to this podcast as you're listening to it here on itunes or follow me on soundcloud if you're listening there share this with your friends I love seeing this thing grow I love hearing your feedback, so give us a rating if you can. Uh, if you have literally 30 seconds, just tap that you want to rate it and give us a five-star rating. It helps a ton to grow this thing. Check us out online, stbsportstake.com. But, man, we're going to wrap up here because, like I say, I'm, I'm on the road. I'm in a car doing this from my phone and my headset. But what a night as Kobe Bryant goes vintage. And where would you rank that performance? Was it the greatest performance uh, in the league this year? It was the most points. Was, was it the greatest performance? I mean, the clutch factor was there. The points were there. He still had four rebounds and four assists to go with it. The field goal percentage was above 40%. And they were down 10 and he brought them back and they won all truly because of him at the end. But it was a meaningless game. Last game of the season. Teammates were just giving him the ball and getting out of the way, setting screens. Literally, like, just they were going to lose by 20 or win. It didn't matter to them. They were just going to make sure he got his shots. And when he started hitting these milestones, it was just incredible. It was like, oh, he's got 30. Wow, what a great game. He got 40. He got 50. It's like, holy cow, he's going to get 60. And he did it. Um, So where does it rank? I know it's the most points in the NBA this year. But is it even, like, a top five performance? I mean, the the night that... uh, Anthony Davis had 59. I think that was a a bigger, you know, the stakes were higher because it was, you know, just kind of more, it was more of a regular game, I guess. He didn't need to take 50 shots to get there. And, you know, it wasn't like the team was just laying down for him. I'm not saying the Jazz were, but I do think if the Jazz were fighting for a playoff spot, that game goes differently last night than it did. But I'd be interested to hear, I'd be interested to hear where you guys rank that game last night. Um, that performance, you know, that, uh, that Kobe had 60 points is incredible. It's, it's unbelievable. Actually, there's, there's very few guys that can do that. And so even if they are feeding him the ball, he still scored 60. (laughs) He still scored 60 and Steph Curry. I mean, I'm just, again, we're going back and forth between these two milestones last night. Steph Curry got his 403 pointers, 403 pointers in a season. 
my has the game changed. I mean, Steph can shoot it like nobody we've ever seen, but he also shoots it like nobody we've ever seen, if you know what I'm saying. He, he, he made 400 three-pointers in this, this season. I'd be interested to see how many guys in the history of, league, of the league have taken 400 three-pointers in a season. He made 400 three-pointers this season. The game is shifting dramatically. You know, I've been watching a lot of highlights of the 72-win 72, uh, 72 Bulls in 1996, and the game has changed dramatically. They were slashing to the hoop. They were all about getting to the rack, dunks, no-look passes, getting to the foul line, posting up the triangle offense. And the three-pointer was like an afterthought. Steve Kerr, who ironically, of course, is the coach of the Warriors, was the three-point specialist on that 96 Bulls team. Jordan was Jordan was a decent three-point shooter. It wasn't really his game. Pippen the same. wasn't really his game. He, he could hit it, but not, not really even to the level that... Uh, you know, guys like Harrison Barnes or, you know, Draymond Green can hit it for the Warriors. I mean, the Warriors literally have Klay Thompson, obviously Steph Curry, Harrison Barnes, Draymond Green, uh, Leandro Barbosa. All of these guys can hit three-pointers. All of them. It's, it's crazy how good of a shooting team they are. And the 90s, and they're, they're so good and there's so many of them that are good you used to think like, oh, it's going to come back to haunt them. There's no way you can't, you know, you live and die by the three. These guys just live by the three. They don't ever die by the three. They're just living by the three. And it didn't, basketball, it didn't used to be that way, but, but people are learning to shoot so well and watching Steph Curry get his shot off. He's six, three. He can get his shot off over a seven footer whenever he wants because his, his, his handles are so good that he can break free for just a split second. And that's all he needs to get off a clean look, which for most guys would, they'd probably huck up an air ball with, with the speed at which Steph Curry gets his shot off. So th- these warriors are just so good. And for Steph Curry to get 400 three pointers, that's another milestone that was, that uh, was hit last night. It's just crazy to think about what's, what's going on in the NBA with the three point shot. It's changed the game entirely. There are those that argue that it shouldn't be worth 50% more than a shot with your toe on the line, you know, or, or a dunk. Um, but that's the way the game's played. And personally, I think the fans love it. I mean, who doesn't like watching Steph hit three after three after three? It's fun. But, uh, that's, that is the comparison that we would be forced to make with the 96 Bulls and these Warriors is the three point shot and the way the defense is played back in, back in 96, there was illegal defense. You couldn't even play zone defense. Um, but there was also a lot more hand checking allowed. The game was a lot more physical. So it's just tough, and I, I, I personally am a believer that regardless of which set of rules you played by, the 96 Bulls are going to be the team to win because I'm not ever going to bet against Michael Jordan. Anybody that wants to bet against Michael Jordan, be my guest, but you're going against the guy that went 6-for-6 six six in the finals. Not only did he win all six rings, but he was the MVP of all six finals. So I personally, I'm not going to bet against a guy like that. Uh, if Steph Curry does this for another five years, then we can start talking about it. You know, let's see if let's see if the Warriors can get three, four, and even five. Um, I don't think there's any way they sniff six. I just don't. Not not at all, actually. And had Jordan not retired, would he have gotten eight? I mean, he he retired at the peak of his athletic abilities. He was 29 years old. He was scoring 32, 33 points a game. Had just finished a three-peat, and he retired. 
for two years. He takes off. The, the Rockets get both those finals, allows Juwan and Drexler. And then he comes back, and immediately the Bulls win three more. And the first full season he was back, he had like 17 games at the end of the 95 season. And then the 95-96 season was the 72-10 and 10 year. That was Jordan's first full year back in the league. He averaged just over 30 a game that year, and he was the MVP. And that team, to me, is the greatest of all time. But let's see. Let's see what these Warriors can do in the playoffs, and then we can really, really start to talk about it. But it's going to be a fun playoffs. It really is. And for once, the bottom of the West is actually better, record-wise, than the bottom of the East. The bottom of the East is the Pistons at like 44 and 38, and then the bottom of the West is the 541 and 41 Rockets. The bottom of the East is higher. The last, the bottom from five, six, seven, and eight, they have a higher win percentage than five, six, seven, and eight in the West, which that hasn't happened in years. Usually, the bottom of the East is like the seven and eight seed both have losing records. So maybe the parity is starting to come back into the league a little bit between the conferences. I think the top two teams are still obviously in the West with the Warriors and the Spurs, but the Cavs are right there at number three. But then you got to put OKC at number four. So you still have three of the top four teams in the West, but it does start to really even out after that. Um, But I don't see teams like the Heat or the Raptors or the Pacers being at the same level as teams like the Clippers, um, who are the, the four seed over there in the West. So anyway, that's all the time I have for today. Like I say, I'm on the road, but this historic night that I could not pass up the opportunity to, to chat with you guys about Again, hit me up on Twitter, at Sean Bingham on Twitter, and uh, check us out online. But that's it for today's show. Peace. Thanks for hanging with Simply the Best Sports Take. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and check out stbsportstake.com. Simply the best in sports. Because we